What is GDPR? And more importantly, how does it impact you and your company? Join internationally known data privacy, data protection expert, Jonathan Armstrong, and Tom Fox, the compliance evangelist, to learn more about the burgeoning world of data privacy and data protection. After listening to this episode, you'll walk away with a greater understanding of what this means for you and your organization. Life with GDPR is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back again with Jonathan Armstrong for another episode. Jonathan first uh, with a coronavirus stay at home safe check in. How are you today? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Tom. Thank you for asking. Hope hope you are as well. Yes, I am practicing self-isolation here in uh, sunny and warm Houston, Texas. Very good. So, Jonathan, uh, I wanted to explore with you today something that actually has been on my mind for some time, and that is at least uh, because of uh, uh, spy movies, detective shows, thrillers, we in the United States think that CCTV is ubiquitous in Mm. the United Kingdom. And uh, so I've wondered what is uh, the impact of GDPR and even uh, UK law on uh, businesses who have CCTV uh, on premise. And and I know uh, that's something that uh, you and your quarter team have written about. So how does a company begin to think through that issue? Yeah, it is a big uh, issue, uh, Tom. To to be uh, to That's be sure, cool. and and I think almost every day here you get news about uh, CCTV and its growth. Uh, this morning, for example, there was some uh, news about uh, Scotland, for example, and I think uh, some individuals are claiming that they're the most CCTV'd uh, country there is by head of population or something. But uh, we certainly do have a lot of uh, CCTV and other types of uh, surveillance systems uh, in the UK. And I think we do see uh, that uh, hit up against uh, data protection law uh, from time to time. And I think that's also the case in in mainland Europe as well, maybe about, I don't know, 12 years ago, I think, I was asked to go and speak in Bulgaria prior to Bulgaria joining the um, EU. And I was invited to go as part of a European Commission event to look at the accession of Bulgaria and Romania uh, into the EU. And even then, CCTV was a hot topic. In some countries, they had their first data protection cases on CCTV. And we've seen that also post-GDPR. We've seen cases brought not only against uh, governments, but also against individuals. You know, for example... We've had a case in Austria in the last month or so against a sports coach who installed a CCTV system in the changing rooms of the sports team uh, for his uh, own nefarious purposes. Uh, And he was prosecuted under GDPR rather than for the Uh, you know, the uh, voyeurism-related offences there. We've also seen civil cases in Scotland, for example, where an individual set up a CCTV system to spy on their neighbour. So 
uh, we're likely to see more and more cases as CCTV becomes more prevalent. And also, of course, we're in those days, aren't we, when even your own doorbell can for, uh, can, can uh, function as a CCTV camera. And with that goes all of these regulatory burdens, if you like, over the use of uh, imagery. So I think CCTV is certainly a, a big topic and one that regulators are, uh, are getting to grips with, I, I think, and looking at some of the uh, implications. And sometimes I, I think some of the decisions we've had are almost counterintuitive, uh, particularly in the area of uh, commercial organizations viewing CCTV images. Uh, I think I have learned uh, throughout our exploration of data privacy and data protection together that everything starts with a DPIA. Uh, and in looking at this question and whether yeah. a business should bring CCTV on site, on premises, uh, does that hold true as well? Yes, it does. Yeah. And um, of course, um, many of the uh, listeners to our podcast will not own the CCTV system necessarily themselves. So quite often you might be in a shared uh, facility, you might be in an office block where the CCTV is owned by the a company that owns the building or the company that runs the building on behalf of the owners. There's still an obligation to do a DPIA there. Almost always CCTV uh, will uh, need a, a DPIA to be lawful. And you're going to have to look in some detail, whether it's uh, your system or not, as to who uh, is recording the images, where they're being recorded, where they're being viewed. And as I say, some of that is counterintuitive. For example, we've had one case in the UK where um, the organization concerned uh, made sure that the images were watched uh, in the neighborhood of where the cameras were. And I think a lot of organizations do that, where they think, oh, well, we better make sure that if we have a premise in uh, London, that we're viewing those images by somebody ideally in the same building rather than somebody, let's say, in Birmingham, a city 100 miles away, let's say. But actually, uh, the guidance from regulators and their intervention in cases suggests the opposite, that you're better from a data privacy point of view viewing the images on a different site. And the reason for that is that if I see CCTV images, let's say of a male and female leaving together, and I'm a co-worker or I'm the security guard in that building, I might think, well, that's slightly remarkable because Sheila's married to Roger and Dave is married to Sandra and they're leaving, you know, one person from couple A and one person from couple B are leaving together. Oh, I wonder what they're up to. Um, uh, I'm, I'm going to investigate whether they're having an affair. But if it's somebody who isn't a co-worker, who doesn't know the people involved, they just see two co-workers leaving together. And, and if there's no crime committed, and if the intention of CCTV is only to look at crimes, 
then regulators say somebody more distant who doesn't know these people is more likely to focus on the real purpose of the imagery, is a, is a crime being committed, than the more data-intrusive pieces of, you know, is there extramarital affairs in the workplace, etc., which isn't meant to be the scope of, uh, of the CCTV system. So whenever you're putting a CCTV system in place or moving into a building that has CCTV or trying to use CCTV images, for example, to look at employee attendance or uh, crimes committed on site or just because you've had a request from law enforcement, then you are going to need to think through the GDPR implications of that system. Jonathan, is there really even any debate as to whether a company can install CCTV? Surely in, in today's, I recognize that shootings are not as prevalent in the United Kingdom as they are in the United States. But mm-hmm. for safety safety reasons alone, isn't that doesn't that warrant having, uh, at least considering, an on-premise CCTV? Possibly and possibly not. I mean, it, it depends on all sorts of things. You know, we had... Uh, a, a case a while ago, uh, which concerned a CCTV system in uh, Austria, where the uh, employees, uh, it, it, uh, as you might know, in some parts of Europe, you have an obligation to either inform or consult with works councils. So, like um, Teamsters on steroids. They're a, they're a sort of uh, quasi-statutory body, and, and and they have rights to be either uh, informed or consulted. And, and and sometimes they will kick up objections, and they'll say, you know, for example, you're looking at security, but the outside of the building is secure. Why do you need cameras inside? Now, obviously, your DPIA will help you answer that question. There might be a very persuasive reason that you need cameras inside as well as a second line of defense or because you can't fully secure the perimeter or whatever. But employees and other people who are being observed are entitled to a a, a reason justification for the images if they ask. And, And you've also got to bear in mind the fact that people can make subject access requests for images. And it is a horrendously challenging task to uh, provide uh, details of their data from those images if you're asked for it, particularly if you're running 20 different cameras and particularly if your retention policies aren't as good as they should be. It can be a Herculean task to look through, to find images of the person who's made the request and, uh, and to blank out all of the others. And, and as a general rule, the more cameras you have, the more compliance headache you could have further down the line. Jonathan, why it is, it, is it important to either notify employees or even post notices throughout the organization that CCTV is being utilized? We have a transparency obligation under GDPR. So you have to uh, conduct 
data processing in a lawful and transparent way. So that's going to mean that you have to obviously have things like a DPIA uh, in place. In some jurisdictions, you're going to have to follow additional codes of practice. So there's a surveillance camera commissioner code of practice in the UK, for example. But you're also going to have to be transparent with employees and tell them, you know, what the system is, who's going to look at the images, how long they're going to be kept for, etc. And for most organizations, they'll do that by communications to employees in some cases, by having maybe a policy on their intranet, and often by signage on the uh, cameras themselves or close to the cameras, which will explain some of those details and maybe give a website link or a QR code for people to get more information. Uh, Jonathan, you've mentioned uh, uh, at least a couple of times and perhaps even more retention and retention policies. What are you advising clients on for the length of time you should set to keep your CCTV footage? Well, I think you keep footage for uh, as long as is necessary. And um, but but that's uh, it's almost a how long is a piece of string question. Some uh uh, authorities in the past have been quite unforgiving on retention periods, saying that you know you might want to destroy images after a week or two weeks or a month. For some organizations, they uh, think that it is justified to keep images because sometimes it's a frequent pattern of small things that um, highlight an issue rather than one big thing. So let's say it's, I don't know, the stealing of coffee from the coffee room. And let's say I think that's uh, justified to investigate that. It might be that somebody steals, you know, a whole great big tub of coffee at once. But it might be that somebody steals a cup at a time. So in some cases, you could be justified in keeping the images for longer to show a pattern of behavior. And normally, your data protection impact assessment will help you work that out. You know, what exactly is the issue that you're trying to uh, investigate and how long do you need to keep the images for that? As a general rule, uh, in my view, anything over a month, you're going to need to have a pretty good justification for Jonathan, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time at this on this episode, but it's been a fascinating exploration on of the issue of CCTV on business premises. I look forward to continuing the conversation. Thanks very much, Tom. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Life with GDPR. We're going to link to the quarterly compliance client alert uh, that explores these topics in a little more depth in our show notes, so check that out. Also, uh, check out uh, the quarterly website for a great number of resources around GDPR. Life with GDPR is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network and a proud member of C-Suite Radio. During this corona health crisis, please be safe, stay safe, and stay sanitary. We look forward to visiting with you again next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.